Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. As America attempts to recover nearly two years of pandemic purchases that have left our homes full of stuff, it's no surprise that two-thirds of Americans admitted to having too many things in their homes, especially due to excessive online shopping during the pandemic. According to my guest today, celebrity decluttering expert Tracy McCubbin, a cluttered space isn't just inconvenient. The truth is, it's hard to lead a joyful, purposeful life when the things around you detract from your relationships, habits, and goals. On today's episode, Tracy will discuss why filling our homes with stuff leaves us feeling empty and tips for bringing more happiness to our homes. And no, you cannot Marie Kondo your way out of clutter, says Tracy. If you want to get to the root of the clutter, Tracy says you need to address why you are attracting the clutter in the first place. This discussion will encourage listeners to recognize the mind traps that leave us unable to let go of possessions that we don't want, use, or love in order to make real change. But before we get into that conversation, I wanted to share a minimalist resource with you this week. This tip came from a friend on Instagram, Money Savvy Mama, who I believe lives in Australia. Really cool. She recommended that I share toy libraries on here. A toy library is very similar to a library. You choose something you're interested in, you borrow it for a while and give it back. And it's a great way to try something before you buy it or just not create clutter in your homes, which is what we're talking about today. So yeah, it saves space. It's a way to save money. As I said, we can meet other families while we're perusing the shelves. It's great for the environment. As I was researching a bit, I would just say look into details of memberships. I wasn't seeing anything local to Columbus, though I would check at your local library to see if they offer any toy boxes. I I feel like our local library does here in Columbus. There are great subscription services as well. One coming to mind is Tiny Earth Toys, who, forgive me, I'll include the episode in the show notes, but I don't remember it off the top of my head, but Tiny Earth Toys is wonderful as well. Thank you to Money Savvy Mama for reminding me of this great resource. If you haven't heard of it before, check it out, see if anything's local to you, and even better yet, maybe it's an idea you get going in your own community, so there's some encouragement for you. Quickly before we get into the episode, I just wanted to thank everyone that has been sharing the content on the Minimalist Moms podcast Instagram account. Over the weekend, surprisingly to me, really a huge surprise, we hit 100,000 followers. It was something I wasn't expecting even a month ago. It happened very quickly, and I am just so grateful for all the new listeners, for all of the new followers. It is a very bizarre concept. It's still... I don't think I'm fully aware of how many people are listening and or following along yet, but maybe that's a good thing. So yes, thank you so much to everyone that's been listening since the inception of this podcast. And as always, thank you for leaving ratings and reviews. That's so helpful, unless it's a bad review, then maybe just shoot me an email. (laughs) Thank you so much for the rating and reviews. I really appreciate you. I hope to continue to bring you great guests and content that's beneficial to your life to pursuing the life with lust. That's my whole goal. That's what I want in this lifetime. And I hope that I can bring that to you. So without further ado, hopefully this conversation helps you in this arena. Let's get into this conversation with Tracy McCubbin. Tracy, thank you for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. 
I'm excited to talk to you today. You have a new book coming out in October and it's called Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But before we get there, introduce yourself to the listeners. And I, I assume that you're a minimalist, but I mean, you might you can, go into more, you can go into more detail if you want. Well, funny is I'm actually not by sort of uh, definition, but my name is Tracy McCubbin and I am the founder and owner of a professional decluttering company called Declutterfly. So I've been in business for about 15 years. We have 10 employees. Um, We are decluttering all over the country, um, decluttering, organizing. We do a lot of senior downsizing. We help people after someone has passed away. So we are very immersed in the world of people having too much stuff. So kind of the goal of our company is to help people change their relationship to their stuff. So for instance, last weekend, we moved a lovely 95-year-old couple into senior living. So pulled them out of their 50-year-plus house and all the emotions that go along with that. And then I'm the author. I wrote a book called Make Space. It comes out October 1st, Make Space for Happiness. And this is a really interesting take on decluttering. And I think this is going to speak to your listeners because we all declutter. Everybody knows all, you know, keep, donate, trash, all that. But for me, the biggest component missing in the decluttering journey is no one was talking about the acquisition cycle. No one was talking about what we bring into our house. And I don't believe that you can declutter, have less stuff, live with less if you're not looking at what you're buying. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's sort of, for me, it's always been the piece about decluttering that's been missing. You know, I always say to my clients, when somebody's like, oh my gosh, I need another pair of jeans. And I'm like, do you? Do you need another pair of jeans? You might want another pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taking the decluttering journey one step further and looking at our our true part in it, our accountability. So I don't have a lot of stuff. I probably err on the side of minimalism, mm-hmm. but I will also say having worked with, I don't know, thousands and thousands of clients, you know, I think it's a I think it's a continuum for people. Sure. I think that we're sort of you know, some people can do with less. Some people have a family of five. It's finding. And for me, the biggest point, and this is really interesting, is it becomes clutter when your house can't support you in the way that it should. Mm-hmm. So if you can't get dressed in the morning without getting upset in front of your closet because it's stuffed so full, or you can't cook a healthy breakfast because the counters are so covered, that's when it becomes clutter. So that's you know, what I find that when there's too much stuff, people can't live efficiently or stress-free, you know, they're moving stuff around to get done what they want to get done. So that's always the litmus test. I tell people, does your house work for you? Does it work for you and your family? Does it work? And most of the time, by the time someone's calling me, it's not working anymore. Absolutely. And I say the same thing. You want your house to, I don't say it as eloquently as you just did, but you want your house to work for you because we spend so much time in our homes. We don't want them to cause 
stress and anxiety when we're using them kind of as an escape from the world. The world is chaotic. I do not want my space to be chaotic. And it was funny. I made a post on Instagram the other day. I'm trying to find it right now. Okay. So someone messaged me on this post. I was like, get rid of these 15 things, either donate or toss them now. And this person was like, fridge magnets. I've got ones from all the places I visited and they don't take up any space. They decorate my fridge door. This is not one for the list. Prove me wrong. And I just said, it depends on who you are and what your goals are. Visual clutter can add unnecessary stress for some. That said, having a collection of something you love is not a bad thing. And I said, our goal is to curate homes that we love, getting rid of what's superfluous for what remains. And it sounds like that's your goal too. Um, Exactly. Exactly. And that's why... I don't believe there's any sort of, you can only have 30 books and you need to, sure. it doesn't work for, I'm, you know, we have, my partner has grown children. We mm-hmm. don't have little children in the house. So we have a very different need in our house than my brother and sister-in-law who have a six and nine year old. So it's really understanding. But I, Dan, you hit on something so important that our home is a respite. It's a refuge. It's where we come back to. It's where we nourish our bodies and fill ourselves with love and sleep, you know, the simplest things. And if it's chaotic, which clutter leads to, you're not doing any of those things. And look, if you have 30 magnets on your fridge that you love, and every time you look at it, you're like, there was that trip to Belize and there was that trip, by all means, keep them. But if all of a sudden those magnets, like one's broken and it falls off and then you have a drawer full of them and then it's, you know, and it's the only gift people start to give you there's always a tipping point where it stops working. And that's what I want people to realize. It's not about being a perfect housekeeper. It's not about looking like Pinterest. It's about your house, your home working for you. And the stuff will get in the way of that happening for sure. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love to do uh, when I organizing kitchens is one of my favorite things. And one of the things I love to do when there are small kids in the house is create a place down low, you know, where the plates can go so they can learn to get their own plates. They can learn to help unload the dishwasher, you know, to organize the kitchen so that you're helping support the family and you're helping the development of your kids. Mm -hmm. So I think when people start to think about their homes the way you described it, you know, as a respite, as opposed to a storage room, Mm -hmm. then we're on to something. Yeah. Something curious that I saw, it says you cannot Marie Kondo your way out of clutter. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, you know, I think I think she started a super important conversation. I think she mm-hmm. really presented us a way to look at things that had not considered and really, really, really valuable. But I think it's oversimplified. I think this does it spark joy sort of stops. A client once said to me is... She had all this stuff of her parents who passed away. And she's like, is guilt tinged sentimentality the same thing as joy? You know, that there's so many other layers. And so I think sometimes it it's just too easy. It's just too simple. And people can kind of override it. And the other thing with her approach that I think is missing, and I think that my book comes up behind, is who's bringing all that stuff into your house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's it coming from? It's not like bandits are coming in in the middle of the night. We're bringing it in. We're ordering on Amazon. We're having kids' birthday parties with all those little grab bags of that plastic toys. Don't get me started. I don't know when that became a thing. 
So I think that she, I think she's the start of a super great conversation. And I think for some people, it works great. My clientele, it's not enough. It's not a deep enough dive. There's not enough of an emotional connection. There's so many layers. There's so many layers. And especially on the acquisition side, what are you bringing in? Yes. Clutter is the symptom. It's not the root. And you say you need to address why you're attracting clutter in the first place, which is what your book addresses. So you and I didn't really prep questions that I was going to ask. Today. <laughs> I just wanted to have more of a conversation with you. So what is something that you want someone to walk away having read this book that it's different? Oh, fantastic. So the book is based on this idea of these seven clutter magnets. And my first book, was about the clutter blocks, right? So the clutter blocks are what I call the emotional stories we tell ourselves about why we can't let go of what we don't want, need, or use. So we're sort of blocked. There are seven reasons. This book is about almost like holes inside of ourselves that we're trying to magnetize something to fill them. And we have somewhere along the way decided that the stuff is going to fix that that one more pair of yoga pants are going to fit from Lululemon are going to fix that. Or, you know, oh, if I just get the right thing, if I just buy the right thing, if I get the air fryer and the Instapot and the crock pot, somehow that's going to make family dinners go better. And my point is this stuff will never, you know, if, if your family's missing true connection, right? If you're not having dinner together, if people are using phones at the dinner table, if we're not connecting, all the stuff in the world isn't going to make that happen. And I think the other thing that, that this book shows people and that I think we're missing is that a lot of this isn't our fault. We're being marketed to 24-7. In the old days, my days, when I was growing up, I'm 57, you know, we had three TV channels mm -hmm. and you saw the commercials and you knew what time they were on. Now it's every form of social media you're on, mm -hmm. it's constant. So we're losing media literacy. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not understanding. And the other big part of the acquisition cycle is shopping. I give a simple overview. We were hundreds of thousands of years ago, hunters and gatherers, right? So we were rewarded when we found an apple tree, got a giant hit of dopamine. We still have that in us, but now we don't have to go hunt for a woolly mammoth, right? We just go on Amazon. So we get these dopamine hits. We're like, oh, I feel better. This shopping made me feel better. But then when the thing, then you get another dopamine hit when the Amazon package arrives. Mm -hmm. And then that feeling goes away pretty quickly. And you're like, I want it again. Oh, it must be more shopping, mm -hmm. right? So we think that this buying cycle is going to fill us up and make us feel better. And it does for a half a second, but it goes away. You know, look, a dress never looks prettier than when it's hanging on the mannequin mm -hmm. in a store. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you get it home and you're like, eh, mm -hmm. all right, that didn't make me feel good. So I think what I want people to understand is that feeling good is, it's not related to the stuff. Mm -hmm. And we keep looking outside of ourselves. Yeah. Some of the things that you say, you're, you've been talking a lot about true connection. And if we have human connection, 
then maybe we won't necessarily be filling these voids. If we're filling our time with other things, then we're not necessarily shopping. And I would say, I've suggested this. I don't know if my mom's listening. Sorry, mom. (laughs) She and my aunt, one of the things they love to go do on Saturdays, or they have in the past, is they like to go shopping. Like even if it's window shopping together, that is going to set you up for failure if you're trying to break some of those habits. And I think she's gotten a lot better since I've had this podcast and I've talked to her about it. And also, I don't think that that's her value. Like she doesn't value necessarily going shopping all the time anymore. But I think that you can find other things to do with your friends. Go for a hike, go for coffee, go out to lunch, have them over. There are no limits. There are no limits. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is, and I would venture to guess that your mom and your aunt, what they really want to do is spend time together. That's what they really want to do. And so they've sort of couched it and we're going to go window shopping. But Mm -hmm. I say exactly like you. Have the same thing. First of all, how beautiful to acknowledge that she wants to hang out with her sister. Like, Mm -hmm. that's so great. So take a walk around the park. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff you can do, exactly that you said, that doesn't have commerce in it. And what's really going to happen when you walk around the park with, you know, your best friend is that you're going to have the real conversations. I have this exercise in the book that I ask people to do where I think of, I have them think of, the person they miss the most in the world who's passed. Mm-hmm. For me, it's my grandmother, my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. I think about her all the time. I miss her. And I imagine if she came back for one afternoon, what would I do with her? Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't go to the dollar store. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I would sit in her kitchen and I would drink a cup of tea and I would ask her all the questions. So I think that we, you know, that sort of idea of retail therapy. And I think we can get that same connection and not center it around buying. Mm -hmm. You know, another big one, and this speaks to us women, you know, is we are using shopping to try and bolster our Mm self-confidence. So we're buying, think if we have the right clothes, the right labels, all the anti-aging, which makes me bananas because... Mm -hmm that's impossible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're sort of marketed to that. We need to stop the aging process and look, moisturizer, sunscreen, absolutely feel Mm -hmm. your best, but you're, you know, this, there's this unattainable and it just makes us feel bad, makes Mm -hmm. us feel bad. And so we buy the newest lotion and the newest thing. And, and I just see everybody sort of down this drain of feeling bad about themselves. And, you know, it's because we're being marketed to all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. It is really frustrating. I think about that a lot in regards to food and just unhealthy eating in general. Gosh, you just drive down the street and there's so many restaurants. I mean, at least here in Columbus, we're a test market for restaurants here and we have a lot of great ones, but all that to say, kind of going back to hunter gatherers and, or just even 50 years ago, I mean, you had a few options. And so now it's like, okay, I know I don't want Taco Bell. I know I don't want this actually really nice bougie restaurant over here, but I have to say, no, 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 no. So I'm lowering my tank. And then by the time I get home, it's like, okay, I still need to make a healthy choice, but I've already, the decision fatigue is still real and I've lowered my reserve. So it is still hard to make the right decision. Right. And, and I think what they don't, that's such a great, you brought up, Diane, you brought up such a great point. I think people don't realize that the stuff in your house, in your car, in your, you know, every piece of stuff you own is a decision you have to make. So if you have a lot of stuff in your house, like take your closet, if your closet is stuffed and you're trying to get dressed in the morning, you're starting the morning off at a deficit. 
yeah. you're starting off. I've already made 30 decisions and they were all no. And I hate myself and I hate my body. It's funny. I wear a uniform for work. My version of uniform, I wear a button down shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. I wear the same jeans. I have three pairs of them. I do not want to think about it between mm-hmm. running a business, dealing with, you know, working with clients. I just want to get dressed and get out the door. And mm-hmm. when I figured that out, when I figured out, oh, these jeans, they're a little expensive, but they look good. They're comfortable for work. They're appropriate. I will buy three pairs mm-hmm. and that's it. My mornings have gotten so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. We don't cut ourselves slack to understand like exactly what you said. If you drive past 10 fast food restaurants on your way home, you're being marketed to. And mm-hmm. by the time you get home, when you had planned to make a delicious salad from the garden, you're like, well, mm-hmm. I guess I'll have some cheesy garlic bread on top mm-hmm. of it, you know, mm-hmm. because your well is empty. Your reserve tank is not down and you just drove home. You didn't even go into any of those mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a subconscious thing of, of resisting. Going down through your list of of the seven things you talk about, I want to touch on big love. What do you mean by that? Mm. Big love is in some ways finding a partner, you know, kind of opening yourself up. True connection is the friendship and the talking and the really showing up. Mm -hmm. And big love is, you know, bringing that partnership into your life if you want it. If it may be a dog, it may be something else. I'm getting married in the spring and I've never been married. And It was a long time. I met my partner in my 50s and I had to do a lot of work on myself to be ready for this. And Mm -hmm. that work was not buying the right house, driving a nice car. It was doing the work on myself so that I was ready for a real partnership. I think people need to also, you know, people are out there looking and trying to meet somebody. You got to love yourself first. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming into a relationship with huge credit card debt because you've been over shopping or living beyond your means, mm-hmm. You, it's going to be hard. Um, and that's another one. You know, a huge clutter magnet is self-respect. It's a huge one. We try and gain that self-respect by shopping. We really do. I've got the best house or I've got the nicest dishes. I have been a professional organizer and declutter for 15 years. I have been in the nicest houses. No mm-hmm. exaggeration. I've literally been in what we would call the nicest houses. Those people are not any happier. Their problems don't go away. You know, it's the same stuff. So clients always joke with me. They're like, I just need a bigger house. And I'm like, you're just going to fill it up with more crap. Like you actually don't. And so I think that that component of self-respect, self-respect isn't going to come from shopping. It's mm-hmm. not going to come from buying. Yes, maybe you're going to get the sports car that you wanted your whole life. And it's going to feel great. But it's not going to make you respect yourself. You know, it's going to make you respect yourself being of service, going and helping, helping someone, you know, taking, taking your elderly neighbor's trash cans down to the street for them once a week. Those little bits of things are what add up to our self-respect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think there is a tipping point because I was just talking to my friend today about this. Sorry, that kind of doesn't have a ton to do with self-respect, but the homes, you being in really nice, bigger homes, 
she was really stressed out about her husband and wanting the house to be really clean. And I was like, that probably is very hard for you because your house is huge. And I was thinking about my little house. I'm able to manage our house because one, I've set ourselves up for success in that way. But also, I mean, I can do a quick tidy and I'm not feeling overwhelmed. But when you start adding square footage, it's like, are you ready to deal with the decisions that come along with that? And we probably do need a little bit more space for the five of us. I'm not saying we don't, but it also makes it in other ways, very manageable. So there is a tipping point. Totally. I, and interesting that you bring that up, Dan, I always say to my clients, they're like, how do I know if the clutter's gotten the upper hand? I'm like, if you can't tidy a room in 20 minutes or less, the clutter's gotten the upper hand. You Mm -hmm. should be able to 20 minutes, go into every room, fluff the pillows, put the dishes away and do it. And if it takes, if you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me two hours to get my kitchen clean. That's a really good litmus. And also I want to say to people, and this isn't about being a great, you know, perfect housekeeper. Do you want to spend two hours all the time cleaning your kitchen? No, Mm -hmm. like no, no one wants to be doing that. So in the nod to minimalism, into having less stuff, the less stuff you have, the easier it is to be organized. You know, when you have a small house, and by the way, lots of us were raised in houses with one bathroom. Like yeah. We all, you know, it's not, it's sure more space would be nice and when they get bigger and all that. But I just think this idea that, that people are attached to that, oh, a bigger house will make me happier. No, it won't. Mm-hmm. You'll fill it up with more stuff. You're going to have more maintenance. More things are going to break. Yes. Of course, if you want a bigger house, but just don't think it's going to answer all your problems because wherever you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take that stuff from your little house into your big house and you're going to still be confronting it. Yeah. And I do think a lot of this comes back to gratitude for the season and space that you're in. And I'll be transparent. My husband and I are kind of on the market looking for a slightly bigger home for us because we may want one more kid or more animals. And so (laughs) that's not off the table, but I'm, I'm trying to remain extremely grateful. I love my house and it has to be the right house for me to move because my life is, we've made it very convenient and how we've set up our lives and organized our lives. So I think that you talk about real purpose and I'm thinking about my purpose in motherhood right now. And I'm a homeschooling mom right now. And it's like, I can see the elements of, oh, maybe I might have a schoolroom in our next home, but I am also very good here. I don't know. Real. What is my real purpose? How can I be grateful? I think all of these things go together. Absolutely. One of the things that I did for the, the book, Make Space for Happiness, is I studied so much about the science of happiness mm. and sort of the hacks. And, and it all goes back to the things we know. Mm-hmm. Exercise, put your shoes on take a walk, get your 10,000 steps or ride a bike or whatever exercise, consistent exercise, connection with other people, all longevity studies that people are like friends with someone and have been, you know, exercise, being of service, doing something outside of yourself and being grateful, having a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. The science has proven that those things build up your happiness. And then from there, like you said, you can go, what is my real purpose? You know, for me, I didn't have kids. I chose not to have kids. Mm -hmm. I have nieces and nephews. I have a ton of kids in my life. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that I get to show up and be the auntie. Mm -hmm. I love my role as the auntie. I love this role and I made it very intentionally. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel it's my real purpose. Mm-hmm. I think my purpose on this earth is to be an aunt and not a mom and mm-hmm. support all the moms out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that getting really clear about, you know, because my space is always organized and always has been, I, I didn't have any doubts about that purpose. I was like, oh yeah, this is why I'm here. Yeah. That is very wise of you to say, which <laughs> kind of leads me into the last thing here on my list. It's lasting wisdom. What do you mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So this one, you know, a lot of us, especially people who are listening to podcasts, we're seekers. This clutter magnet shows up in the way of, are you buying every new book that comes out? Are you buying every, I'm going to take another course online. Are you over consuming information to try and get smarter? Mm-hmm. And Look, I'm listening to podcasts all the time. I read all the time. It is what I love. But I also have to be realistic mm-hmm. about how much time I have. And you know what? There are some nights where I just want to watch TV. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to better myself. You know, and and I, for me, I always notice it that my nightstand will start piling up. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been going to bookshop.org and buying too many books. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the stack of books on my nightstand if I don't read them, are not going to give me any wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think we have to be very realistic about how much time we have. And that doesn't make us a bad person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make us a bad person. I drive to clients. I have time in the car in the morning. I get to listen to podcasts. I'm super lucky like that. Mm-hmm. That's where I have found for me that podcasts are a great way to get information and sort of I'm not reading as much as I used to because I'm very mindful about what I listen to and the topics. And Mm -hmm. I feel I love this new medium and I feel really lucky. I think that we should always keep growing and we should always try and raise our EQ and our IQ. But buying all the things for it and then not cracking that book. Yeah. You're back at the same place and you're just don't have as much money. Yeah. No, I've noticed that too because. I will also have the same thing happen. I'm really into learning. I just want to learn everything. And I'm like, there's not enough time in the day. So I'm constantly multitasking with a podcast on so I can learn while I'm fill in the blank. But it also can be extremely overwhelming. I have all of this that I want to learn and I haven't gotten to it yet. And I'm not going to have time and I want to do all this. And so then it, it is, it's like a, it's a clutter of the brain. So. Yeah. And it also makes you feel bad about yourself. Like, yeah. you know, we're so in this, we should, we should, we should, we should. And mm-hmm. look, you're a mom, homeschooling kids, mazel. Like, I don't even know how you find time. And, <laughs> but I think that we all have to go easier on ourselves. And we also have to understand our part in it. Like, mm-hmm. I know for me, when I have more than two or three books on my nightstand, I got to rein it in. You're not reading these. Maybe you bought some that you don't like. So maybe you can donate them to the library. I got to be real about it. And, and it sort of let myself off the hook, like be aware of why, why are you buying? Are you buying your kid a bunch of toys because you feel guilty that you went back to work? Why are you, why? Mm -hmm. That's it. No judgment. Why? And then that's where the chain comes. And then when you figure out the why, you also figure out, What's missing? What's missing in your life? Mm-hmm. What's missing for you? What? Why do you not respect yourself? Where's your self-confidence right now? What's your real purpose? And once you take out the noise of the shopping, you can get some answers. Absolutely. 
Well, Tracy, I think that this was pretty good considering we didn't prep a ton beforehand. So <laughs> I think it was delightful. Yeah, I thought this was great. <laughs> well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online or grab a copy of this new book? Fantastic. So the book is available everywhere. Bookshop.org, Barnes and Noble. It's called Make Space for Happiness. Stop attracting the clutter you don't want and living the life you do. Instagram and TikTok are my big platforms. We're having lots of fun over there. It's Tracy underscore McCubbin, T-R-A-C-Y underscore M-C-C-U-B-B-I-N. I do a bunch of really fantastic things you can declutter in under five minute challenges. People love them. Um, so that's a great place. And then I just, my website, Tracy McCubbin, all the books, everything are there. So I love, 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 love connecting with people who are on a journey to have less stuff. Great. Well, as we wrap up this conversation, my last two questions for you are, the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? You know, for me, it's been, there's a couple guides out there and there are actually one is on my link tree on my Instagram about what things are recyclable and what oh. not. Oh, okay. That's been very interesting to me because I think we throw a bunch of stuff in the recycle bin and it's not even recycling. So that and, and learning what is recyclable and what isn't recyclable has helped me change my buying habits. Yes. Yes. Recycling is not what I thought it was, what they can do. Nope. Yeah. It's pretty hard. <laughs> it's all just in my new book, we talk about recycling, that how much of what you return to Amazon is actually just thrown away. I know. I heard that too. I heard it's that too. staggering. So, you know, I just feel like, as you said, resources for your listeners finding this information out when you find out like, Oh, that thing I bought from Amazon that I just say, Oh, if I don't like it, I'll return it is mm -hmm. actually getting thrown away. Mm -hmm. It may stop you from buying it. Yes. It's not about recycling. It's about what you're bringing in. Don't bring yep. it in, in the first place. So yes, Don't bring it in, in the first place. You know, somebody, a client of mine's grandmother always said this, and I thought it was such a great, she said, and oh. she said, you know, when you throw something away, where's away? Hmm. Wow. That's really good. Right. Yeah. Where is a way? <laughs> Probably multiple places you don't want it to be. Yeah, I know. Exactly. You're like, is it the ocean? Is it the mountains? Where is it? So, um, yeah. But so I think that, and again, I have a resource guide on my website for this kind of stuff, but that for me was finding out what actually was recyclable. Okay. So what is something that you can't stop talking about? I can't stop talking about how bad Amazon is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, Amazon, it's the amount that's thrown away, the dopamine hit that when we shop on it, I know it's convenient, but I think that it has just changed the way we do everything. I think stores are going out of business. I think the carbon footprint of shipping things across, like that inundation of, you know, what they do to small businesses, you know, all the sort of, and look, they're not going to go away. I use them, but I just think we need to be so much more informed about what it's doing to us on all levels. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Again, I don't have time to go down that rabbit hole, but I was thinking about that the other day because I was talking to someone from Encircled, Christy Sumer, and she was telling me about what you said, influencers will get a haul and then they show them on their Instagram and then they send it all back and then it's thrown away. Amazon doesn't keep it. And so it's just like a cyclical problem. And I was thinking about Amazon and I'm like, 
What a benefit that we live in this day and age that we can get something very quickly, but also have they thought through these people that are going to start doing this? And now what do we do? We need to course correct. So yeah, yeah very yeah. problematic. And, and I think also, you know, to go back to the clutter magnet, the thing about sort of getting everything online, it's like, we don't go to the neighborhood store anymore and you don't run into a friend. Yeah. Like this sort of online shopping took this whole connect, true connection out of our lives. It's just gotten so easy. And so I, that's something we went the other day to send something from our mailbox and they process Amazon returns there. And they were literally the guys, the guys and gals that worked there. We know them. They're like, oh, somebody just returned this giant dog crate. We know you guys have a dog. Do you want it? Because we're just going to throw it away. Uh, And I was like, oh, and we did because we had just, our dog had just grown. But I was like, someone's throwing away a giant dog crate. There's so many dog rescues that could use it. This is just going to go in a dumpster. So that's the soapbox I'm on. Yeah. Well, Tracy, Zoom is about to kick us off. So this was so wonderful with you. It was so great to chat with you. And I appreciate your time today. Great. Thank you. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.